Sourcing for Innovation podcast. We're up to episode 12. My name is Adam Curtis, joined by a first-time guest today, Tony Tranquil, the head of Catalyte's Healthcare Practice. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Morning, Adam. I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, until we get into this topic, which I think is maybe going to cause some people a little bit of heartburn, but hopefully we can solve that by the end of this. Today, we're going to be talking about the rising costs of healthcare and how technology can either mitigate or maybe even sort of reverse these trends. Now, before we get into exactly what technologies maybe organizations can apply to this or even sort of what the cost factors are, how bad is this problem? We hear about rising costs of healthcare all the time, but can you put it into some perspective for us? Yeah, the, the, the cost of health care has risen pretty steadily over the years, and it's now about 17% of the gross domestic product in the United States, so it's the largest single factor of costs in the United States uh, economic uh, system. So the, the idea that as it continues to grow and take up more of the economy, it takes away resources that can help support other areas of the economy, such as education, transportation, etc. So if you're looking at I'm holding up a circle here for a pie chart for everyone listening. Healthcare is starting to take over more of that pie chart to the disadvantage of other necessary um, tasks in society, basically. Correct. Yeah. And then part of the problem is once they, any sector of the economy gets over 20%, which healthcare is getting dangerously close to, then it really starts uh, forcing uh, cuts in other types of uh, societal uh, needs. So historically, what have been those biggest challenges to controlling healthcare costs? And historically here, let's look at, let's say, the last 50 years. We're not going back to, to leeches and, and vapors and stuff. But in sort of our modern healthcare system, what has contributed most to those rising costs? Well, there's a, there's a lot of factors. And uh, over time, uh, some of the factors have gotten worse. One is the uh, Healthcare system uh, has been based on a fee-for-service payment system, and, and what that does is it pays for services done as opposed to paying for value. So it encourages more use of the system and waste. Um, part of the problem there is then you have tests and treatments overutilized, in some cases to partly combat uh, malpractice fears. Uh, traditionally, the healthcare system in this country has been very paper-driven. So we've had a very much of a lack of good data on what healthcare costs are in terms of, uh, you know, what are the major costers. We've also had very little coordination of care and data between providers. We've had a lot of siloed uh, efforts going on in, in the healthcare space. So what's been happening in recent years is there's been a push towards uh, changing some of that, and we can talk about that in a few moments. Yeah, a couple of those, I think, um, we'll paint directly to, at least in my mind, some, I, I say simple, but I don't mean simple, but some um, pretty straightforward um, IT and technology solutions for those. Um, but again, more, more recently, as we get, into, um, we get into the rise of IT in healthcare, is that also contributing to the rising costs? Like where on the, the seesaw, the pendulum, is IT a cost saver or is it a cost factor for healthcare? Well, I think it's really both. I think on the uh, 
the cost side, uh, you end up getting more technologies that are more complex and, and tend to be more expensive, so more expensive uh, medical equipment, uh, more types of sensors and other types of uh, medical uh, needs that come into the uh, area continue to raise the prices. But at the same time, you know, as they say, what you can't uh, measure, you can't manage, uh, the technologies allow us to get more data and information that allows us now to begin to look at things from a more analytical and more of a data-driven approach as opposed to uh, the way it used to be. So with that new data that we have, either from, as you said, sensors, uh, IoT working its way into healthcare, but also just the electronic health records and having that all in some sort of digitized hopefully centralized database, we're able to look through patient information, look through um, the way that an organization is providing care and find specific areas where there might uh, be the, the highest rates of savings, or maybe you can consolidate in this area, or hey, you're over-treating in this area, let's take a quicker look at why that's happening. Is that one of the the main areas that we can see cost savings is with the data in healthcare. Yeah, traditionally um, a lot of the data that's come in has been uh, mostly claims data. Uh, claims data has been organized uh, for many years, and uh, lately with the uh, expansion of electronic health records, we're now getting access to more clinical data. And this is what we call structured data. And, and the, the other major change now is we're getting more data from other sources beside claims and, and clinical, such as genomic data, such as unstructured data that may be coming out of devices or, or uh, other ways that we get, get information. It could come from everything from weather patterns that, that influence uh, health, or it could come from information from your mobile phone about uh, your your heart rate or, or other types of things that can be measured uh, by that. So bringing all that data together then allows you to do better analysis and new technologies are coming out now with artificial intelligence they are allowing you not only to understand the patterns of uh, data but also begin to do more proactive and projections uh, of, of certain types of trends. So the advantage of that, one advantage of that is that the largest cost in our system is the chronic uh, disease population. You know, people have generally have what we call comorbidities, which is more than one chronic disease. So they may have diabetes and hypertension, for example. And uh, what the, uh, the new technologies, along with the greater access and information that's coming in, allows us to do is start to look at uh, people's people's uh, patterns before they become uh, get a chronic disease because once you get a chronic disease you move from prevention to control and what we'd like to do in in uh, health care is to get to people before they develop a chronic disease so there's really almost two paths here to using IT to cost savings there's one that's strictly let's say administrative so finding ways in which you can consolidate um, on that side of the health organization. But then what you just said, is this the larger path then to actually use technology to provide better medicine, for lack of a better term, better care, more proactive, more 
preventative care? Is that the bigger cost savings using technology in healthcare? I think I think there's yeah I think you're exactly right. There's two sides of the uh, equation. One is the administrative costs, which in healthcare tend to be very large. So to the extent you can start squeezing out some of those costs and uh, you know some of the things that uh, people look at as fraud, waste, abuse, and errors, and uh, to the extent that you can develop better tools to prevent fraud or detect fraud or detect waste and detect uh, errors and abuse. So you, you, you work on the administrative side to, to bring out some costs. And then on the clinical side, which is where more of the data that's coming in that will be unstructured, then you can start developing uh, care uh, coordination uh, improvements. You can start developing population health uh, management uh, care management plans that are much better tailored than what they would have been a few years ago because now you have a richness of data and, and the ability to utilize that data that you didn't have even a few years ago. So I think from both sides, but I agree the the bigger upside is actually on the on the clinical side or more on the uh, the care side than the admin side, although there's plenty of, uh, you know, savings to be wrung out of that side as well. So on, on the care side, with this unstructured data, let's say you're a, a major hospital system, you think, okay, I have this opportunity to not only provide better care, but to then also uh, reduce our costs, reduce healthcare costs in general. What is step one, two, three in implementing whatever technologies you need to get to there? Is it um, hiring a, a data scientist? Is it simply being able to have a centralized database for all this collection of uh, unstructured data? What's the process by which you even sort of start to realize these uh, cost-saving benefits? Well, if, if, if I was a, a CIO in a, in a healthcare organization, whether it's a health plan or, or a large provider organization, the first thing I do is look at the environment. What is the environment I have today? Because nobody is starting from ground zero when they've, they've got years of IT uh, in their organization. So what do you have today? What are the business drivers that, you, that drive you? So as you move to value-based payments, as you begin to change your business model to uh, move into the 21st century, uh, medicine, what are the things that you're doing today that you didn't do a few years ago, and what are you looking to do over the next five years? So get your business uh, strategy, your IT current architecture, and then begin to look at, you know, what are the things you can do to meet your your business goals? So for example, if your, your business goal is to improve uh, something in your uh, organization, say your Medicare Advantage plan, and you're trying to improve your star ratings, which is how Medicare Advantage uh, plans are rated by CMS, there's certain criteria that make up those star ratings. So what can you do to improve that? Well, some of it's improving processes and practices, but in some cases, you can look at things like IT and see how they can improve. For example, if you're trying to improve how your customers, clients, businesses, beneficiaries, all the different members, all the different names for the people who do business with you, whether they're people you actually you know, have as members or beneficiaries or whether they're people who work with your organization, how can you use technology to improve that? Whether it's something as simple as uh, putting in uh, 
virtual assistant technology to help with your call centers or help with your website, or with something more uh, complex such as transitioning some of your infrastructure work to a cloud-based platform to allow you to do things in a more flexible and responsive manner. There's a, there's a number of ways that technology can help you move towards a, a goal, but it has to start, like I say, with understanding where your business is, where it needs to go, and what you have today. Because part of the problem, too, is you run into a situation from a budget standpoint. If most of your budget is eaten up by maintaining the infrastructure you have, you have very little room to innovate. Yeah, that was going to be my question. How how much is that legacy of your current IT a help or a hindrance? Sometimes it's easier to come into a, a greenfield environment, set something <laughs> up new going forward, rather than, oh, man, we have all these legacy systems now that we're going to have to either upgrade, modify, move to the cloud, or do we just scrap them and start over from scratch? Yeah, and, 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 that's, and that's, that is the, the, the challenge because you're right. If, if you're in a greenfield situation, kind of like this, the cell phone industry in Africa as opposed to the United States where you already had a, an infrastructure uh, in, the, in the telecommunications area that was, had been around for many years. So in, in the space, uh, what you have, particularly with a lot of the health plans, they have um, a, a long tradition of mainframe uh, systems that collect uh, claims uh, data and claims transactions as they come through there. And moving them to a different type of platform is something that can require a lot of time and money. There's another issue too, as you look to change your platforms, is the whole issue of uh, protected health information, which in the, in the healthcare industry is something that uh, is a big concern. Nobody wants to get a breach. Nobody wants to have data compromised. And as you move to a, a um, environment where data becomes more and more critical for how you you pay people for the, for the work that gets done or how you get paid or how you measure uh, the health of the population, you know, data becomes more and more valuable than it was even a few years ago. So, Both they, to you and those who are trying to access it for nefarious purposes. Exactly, right. So healthcare data is the most valuable data out there now, and it keeps uh, increasing in value. So that's why you see uh, the ransomware attacks at hospitals and a lot of other things occurring that uh, you didn't see more than a few years ago. One is because uh, they have greater access to get into these systems than they could a few years ago. But the second is because of the fact that it's become much more valuable to the, uh, uh, the, you know, to the criminals and bad actors. It's always um, a very ironic catch-22 to me that as we are moving now and becoming more accessible and using technology for these cost savings, we're also then incurring more risks and then having to spend more on that to protect the information that's helping us in the first place. Yeah, and, and, and that's the challenge. I think as you look to move towards uh, the use of new technologies, you have to look at the strengths and you also have to look at the challenges. If you, if you just begin to move towards utilizing the technologies without recognizing the need to have security and, and privacy protections there or, or, or not give them the value that they deserve, then you can end up in a situation that sets you back for, for years if you've got a major breach that occurs in your enterprise. So on a scale of, let's say, none, some, many, or most, where do most 
um, healthcare organizations fall in terms of implementing these new technologies, understanding the risks uh, in terms of security, uh, and really sort of implementing a plan to be able to you know, actualize their digital transformation and see these cost savings. I think I think they they fall over the, uh, the the compendium. I think if you looked at it, you have you have people who are the innovators and the trailblazers, and these are the people who are already looking at things like blockchain, artificial intelligence, uh, different ways of utilizing their data, uh, building more flexible platforms. But I think the the vast majority of the the healthcare uh, industry falls probably a little more on the conservative side, as opposed to say banking or retail, where people have been driven to bring in new technologies for a longer period of time. Now, is it because of the sensitive information they're working with, or is that just sort of um, the mindset of medicine that we have to have something that's really proven before we implement it? I think it's a combination of things. I think I think there there definitely is some uh, cultural differences between uh, the healthcare industry and say uh, the retail industry or the financial services industry, um, which is good. I'd, which is which is if, good. If my, right. Yeah. If my financial advisor wants to be a little bit risky, okay. If my doctor says, you know, let's try something different right now for <laughs> your kidney surgery, maybe not so much. Right. Right. Exactly. And 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 that and that is the. The challenge in the healthcare industry is you want to control costs, but recognize that in a lot of cases, cost is not the dominant factor when people are looking at uh, saving the life of an individual or prolonging someone's life or, or, or starting a new treatment program. I mean, obviously, cost is a factor, but it's not the main factor. It's, it's uh, saving, uh, extending, improving the, the life of the individual. Now, what advice would you have to uh, those health organizations who are um, laggards? I don't want to mean that sort of derogatorily, but just who haven't gotten to um, a point yet where they're they're realizing these cost savings, or maybe they aren't on the cutting edge. What would you say to them in terms of okay, um, you know, here's uh, here's a nice pat on the back. You're doing okay. Here's how to get to the next step so that you are catching up with people and don't get left behind, and therefore don't lose sort of your clientele, your patient base, as people move to other organizations that might be a little bit easier to interact with or um, are able to, you know, provide them better medicine through these technologies? I, I think the uh, the main thing to do is look for models. Uh, there's, there's others in the industry who may have a very similar uh, business line. They may have a very similar size and scale that you have, and then look at what they've done how they transformed, how they begun to transform, who are the vendors they brought in to help them transform and begin to, you know, do your research. So there's a lot of information out there in the trade press or you can go to Gartner or, or other types of uh, intelligence uh, gathering organizations and get that type of information and then talk to some of these vendors who've, who've done it in some of these other spaces and, uh, and try to understand if you know, there's ways that can be done here. So I say, you know, first start with your research, understand where you want to go, and then, of course, a, a big issue is how are you going to budget for it? What's the, what's the key to doing that? Because uh, companies are run like any other organization. They have a budget to deal with. They have costs to manage, and they have, uh, you know, infrastructure that they have to Support. So once you get beyond that, you start looking at, okay, how can I start freeing up some dollars for innovation to begin moving 
the way someone else who's a leader in the space, like say the Cleveland Clinic, or on the uh, healthcare side, uh, United Health Group, those folks, and, and, and how can I model them if I'm a organization that has similar size and similar types of uh, you know, customers or patients, whatever we you this is not a, a simple conversation. I'm sure we're going to explore more avenues to this and in healthcare in general. But Tony Trankel, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you.